0: Kevin Ayo, and it is me. It is Kevin. I promise you guys. I know it may sound my voice may sound a little. I'm not sure. Maybe deeper. Maybe a little froggy. I'm not sure because I've been doing some work. Essentially, there's there's work going around with my throat chakra. There's a lot of energy that's being released. There's a lot of things coming through. I'm not sick, I don't necessarily have a a cold, I don't have a sore throat, I'm not feeling low energy, brothers, I feel amazing. It's just, yeah, my voice is, again, I say the voice, right? But we talk about energy and there's movement coming through that energy. So I want to let you guys know that it is me, (laughs) even though it may not sound like me. It is me, it is Kevin, and I'm so excited to be getting into this episode because it kind of piggybacks off the episodes from the last few weeks that abundance is change. That when we think about abundance, it's really defined by change, by flow. Abundance is a flow state. And last week, where we talked about energy getting stuck, it's saying the same thing. Abundance is to keep the energy in that state of flow rather than getting it stuck. When we get stuck, That's where we get into scarcity. And of course, scarcity is that stuck energy. And can get stuck in a lot of different ways. It can get stuck mentally, emotionally, and physically, depending on what kind of energy we're talking about. Mental energy, where we get ruminating thoughts or repeating belief systems, limiting belief systems. We get stuck emotions. When we feel the same emotion over and over again, we get into indulgent emotions or we get into chronic emotions because of, of course, the chronic thoughts, the, the repetitive thoughts. And then not just behavioral patterns, but even energies that solidify so things can get heavy, things can hold us down, things can feel like things like physical things, houses, cars, bank accounts, jobs, all of these things, not to mention the physical heaviness that comes from disease, diseases where our bodies are no longer in that light, high vibrational state that they become slow or lower vibrational, slower, more heavy, more sedentary, and Energetically, again, I'm not talking about cellularly, or when we we watch someone, they have high energy, right? Because out there playing basketball or soccer, and they're low energy because they're a couch potato. I'm not talking about that energy. I'm talking about the vibrational energy, right? That's in the cells that, as it slows, begins to form density, heaviness, and of course leads into dis ease, right? These physical maladies. And we have all of these planes, we have these three different types of energies, but I'm actually going to introduce three different spheres or three different planes to you guys today as I talk about this analogy, this other analogy that I want to introduce to you that again, like I say, pulled back, I'm going to bring back into at the end of this podcast, abundance is change and the idea of keeping your energy in a state of flow, in a state of free flow, that you are not attached to any idea, any feeling or anything, any physical thing. And we're going to look at that through the analogy today that I call the candle of life. And again, brothers, the reason why I'm excited is because it's one of these of life podcast episodes that we may write a book, actually. You know what, brothers? We may just write a book where we have like dozen chapters. You know, the puzzle of life, the dream of life, the movie of life, and not with a candle of life. And there's a lot more, but you guys can go back and look at them. I'll pull them out and we'll, we'll, we'll get something cool. We'll make something cool about it. And I'll send it out to you guys. We'll put it on the website. But here's the thing. We're going to talk about the candle of life. Now, before we get into this analogy, This way of looking at things, this kind of story to see if it jars an awakening within you. There's a lot of different ways to jar an awakening, right? Of course, we can use medicines, like plant medicines or drugs like LSD. Or You can jar awakenings with meditations. You know, you can walk into a temple. You can walk into an ashram, a church. You can walk into a synagogue, a mosque, and you can have an experience that will jar an awakening. Sometimes it comes through humor, right? Sometimes somebody tells you a joke that's so ironic. Or do you watch a movie, right, that has such social commentary, it kind of jars something in you, it jars an awakening, it jars a new perspective. And that's what these analogies are about. That's what these stories, that's what these podcasts are generally. <laughs> of course, coming into the academy, the academy is the, is the path, is the journey. And the podcasts are kind of like that jarring. See if I can just agitate or, or knock something loose in the, in the heart, that, get the mind to quiet down and get the heart to open up a little bit. And that's what we do here with these analogies. But But there's so many different ways to jar an awakening, and I like to, I like to work with stories, and I'm gonna to talk to you about this candle of life story, but first, to understand these three spheres, brothers, or these three planes, and I've talked to you about these before, so one sphere, one plane, we'll call the physical plane, and I will not even wanna call it the physical plane because of what we just got done talking about energetically, where they had the mental, the emotional, and the physical realms, or energy realms, so let's, instead of call it the physical plane, let's call it the egoic plane. Let's just say this is the ego sphere, where everything, That is the body, of course, right? The physical realms, but also the personality, right? All the emotions, all the stories. We want to put all of that into this realm or this plane, this sphere. And then we have another sphere. We call this the soul sphere, the soul realm, the soul soul plane, which I think is a movie. We're not talking about the movie Soul Plane. (laughs) I'm talking about the soul realm, right? And the soul realm is, that is what we You might call the higher self, but I want to be careful because I don't want to call the higher, I don't want to necessarily call it the higher self and have it be attached to the ego, right? Because the ego has a higher self, that thing that it wants to be, that thing that it thinks it's becoming, that thing that it it thinks it's evolving into, but that's still ego, right? So there's the soul, the soul's that pre-ego, you know, in the past, I call it the alpha state where the ego is the beta condition because the conditioning, the beta, the ego came from here, it came from being here, whereas the soul came before here like here being planet earth. So that soul plane is sort of like the thing that is pushing the ego through life. The thing that's motivating the ego, the reason why the ego exists at all, the reason why you're here at all is because your soul decided to come here and say I want to incarnate on earth and go through this experience of of releasing, of letting go of of burning away impurities, right? Karma or whatever you want to call it. You come down here and then all the things happen, right? All the illusions, all the forgetfulness and the ego. And then that, that's where we get the ego realm. So we have the ego realm or the ego sphere. We have the soul. And then we have that that third, that third sphere, that third plane, which is really like a state of pure awareness. And it's, it's, it's that oneness, right? It's the sticky goo that we really can't talk about. Like we can talk about it, but we really will never be able to talk about it in such a way that we'll ever understand it because it is beyond... Not just words, but even understanding. It is the creation, it is the first point. So being the first point, being the alpha, the omega, the everything, the eternity, the infinity, the, the you know, the oneness, the source, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> you know, that thing from which all things originate. And because it is that thing from which all things originate, including both understanding and words, which are a form of language. Those things that are created can never really be able to explain the creator. The creator can explain the created, but the created cannot explain the creator. That makes sense. So we have that third sort of realm or that third third sphere. And again, I've kind of talked to you guys about this in in terms of uh, frequencies or sound or vibration where we have the three positions you know we have the shadow the gift and the enlightened position or the one position where the the two lower positions where both the ego and the soul realms they have that duality cause we can think about them because there's a space between in order to be able to think about something there has to be space for that thought to occur right and that thought is and that space is the opposite and that space must always occur because if there's that space if that space does not exist then that thought cannot happen so no matter what In both of those realms, there's always going to be a duality of some nature, some natural, neutral, dual existence, like two sides of a coin or two sides of a mountain or, you know, these neutral things. we're not talking about good and bad, right or wrong, we're talking about East and West. We're talking about heads and tails, you see, because we don't say the head side of a coin is the good side and the tail side is a bad side. We don't say that the East side of a mountain is the good side and the West side is the bad side. You know, we don't say that. We simply say there is a west side and an east side, and without one, there cannot be the other. There will always be a west side because the east side exists, and one is not better or worse. They just exist in a symbiotic relationship with each other, and they can't exist without each other. And this is duality, and this is the neutral form of duality. Of course, the subjective form of duality is where we begin to put our egoic subjectivity on it, where it's, now it's good and bad, now it's right and wrong, and all of that is illusion. All of that is based on condition. All of that is based on your education, your government, your, again, where you were born, right, nation you were born in, what economic system or class you grew up in, whether you grew up in a capitalism or communism, whether you grew up in a lower socioeconomic class or a higher socioeconomic class, right? It's all going to be different. What religion you grew up in, whether you grew up as an only child or whether whether, whether you had 10, 10 siblings, all of that is going to create subjectivity. It's all going to create a perception of the world, which is uniquely yours and completely an illusion. And then there's that other side that we can't talk about because it's oneness and it's all there, but we can never really know it because as soon as we begin to touch it, we fall back. We fall back and we forget, right? Now, those are the three planes. So we have these three planes, and this is what's going to lead us into this analogy, brothers, because as we look at this analogy, what I'm going to offer you is Kind of going again, back to that question again, a couple of weeks ago in the podcast of who am I, as we peel back these layers, because you're all of it, what you're going to find is that you're all of it. You're all three. It's everything. It's not to be one at the exclusion of the other, because that's still to be something. It's still to be in that state of I'm being this. It's to be busy being in the ego. It's to be busy being, <laughs> running around in busyness, running around trying to. So let's get into the analogy. Let's get into this analogy. So here's the oneness, right? The eternal fire. We're going to call it the fire. Now, when you think about this, and again, this, I'm not going to belabor this because this is so far outside our conceptual, our ability to conceptualize. We just play with this. You know, we just kind of look at this. That's why I love the way Rumi talks about it, right? Rumi the poet. Poets can talk about this the best because they can talk about it in ways that are not so literal, And so logical, rational, it's art to be able to talk about, to be able to string words together to create these images of infinity. And so when you think about the fire, you're thinking about an eternal and infinite flame, a flame that has burned since the beginning of time and will burn till the end of time. A flame that doesn't understand time because it is time. And it doesn't understand space because it is space, because it takes up all space, because there is no space that is not fire. It's just flame. Everything is a flame. And this is the oneness. This is the sticky goo that we don't really know. We can't call it energy. We can't call it light. We can't call it stuff because all of that is thought. All of that has form in some way. So it's just there in this totality. You can call it God. You can call it source. You know, it is. It is the it. (laughs) And again, what do we say about it? You know, human beings have talked about it for. Since the beginning of, I would assume oral language, spoken language, but definitely written language. And we've just kind of truncated it down. We've just kind of grossified it. We've just kind of uglified it down to this word "God," and then we've taken that and ran with that, and used it for all of our human imperfections. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this this grand, this huge, this this un knowable God that is so much greater than anything that we can consider with our human minds. Not this anthropomorphized idea of religious God, right? But the totality of everything, of oneness, the seen and the unseen, the stuff in the space, the forever, the timeless and the time. And that's the fire. Now, from the fire, that's one realm, right? That's one field, one source, one sphere. From the fire comes the flame, and this is your soul. And this is why you and I are one, brother. This is why we are all one. This is why when I look into your eyes, or when you look into mine, or when we look into anybody, we can see ourselves, which is why when we let go of our story, and we let go of our models, our unintentional and our intentional models, we let go of our manuals, all of our conditioning, we let go of everything, and we surrender. We just let go, and trust, and faith, and truth, and love. Then we remember. We unite and we see within each other ourselves. That's the fire because you are the flame and I am the flame. We're all flame. Everything is the flame. In fact, you can look into the eye of an animal. You can look at the leaf of a plant or the flower of a plant. You can look at you can look at the sparkle, the twinkle of a gem and you can see the same thing. It's there. It's the fire. It's the flame that's come here. It's incarnated. It's become incarnate to experience itself. It's the fire experiencing itself by becoming a flame separate from the fire so that space can exist. And between that space becomes the ability to experience. So you are a flame. That's the soul realm. And that's what I want to offer is truth. Now, brothers, I know this is story because everything must be story. That's why we use analogy, we use words and everything is a story and we, we work with this. But the deepest truth of you, the truth of you that is eternal, the truth of you that is infinite, the truth of you that has come here, that has been here and will be back again is the fire, is the flame, the eternal burning, the eternal flame that will never stop because it exists in the oneness of fire that is always there. However, It must burn outside, and take these words (laughs) at a grain of salt, because nothing is outside the fire. The fire is one. So we're not outside of it. It's almost as if the flame within the fire is sort of vacuumed into its own space. But because it's vacuumed into its own space, it must burn on something, right? It must incarnate. This This is the analogy of incarnation. So how does it incarnate? It incarnates on top of a candle. The wick, it burns on the top of a candle. And what is this candle? This candle is the third plane, the egoic plane. This candle is unique. This candle is only you. This candle could be a long, tapered candle. It could be a votive, you know, wide and short. It could be all different colors. You know, you could be a red candle, a black candle, a yellow candle. It could be a white candle, a brown candle. It could be all. You know, there's 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 all kinds of candles. Purple candles out there. There's there's green candles, blue candles, all kinds of candles. You could be a candle that has a a certain sense. Maybe you smell like vanilla, right? Maybe you smell like jasmine. Maybe you smell like lavender, rosemary. Maybe you are a candle that has carvings in it. You've carved symbols or letters or or pictures into the wax or maybe taking feathers, you know, and gems and stones and adorn the candle. This is the ego, brother. You see, this is the ego. Your candle is going to change for two reasons throughout the course of this flame burning upon the wick the candle is going to change for two reasons. One, it's going to change because of what you do to it. You see? And this is the story that you tell yourself. This is the ego. Your candle is going to change whether you tell yourself the story that you are an amazing, wonderful, smart, intelligent, strong, confident person. It's going to look one way. And If you tell yourself that you are a, a weak, unattractive, you can see how difficult it is for me to come up with these things because it's like, what would you say? A weak, unattractive, low self esteem like like not good enough all, all of these things like depending on what story you tell yourself your candle's going to look very different you see so what you do to your candle you know again if you decide to play basketball your candle's going to look one way if you decide to play soccer your candle's going to look another way if you decide to play the violin it's going to look another way if you decide to write a book it's going to look another way if you decide to go to the gym if you decide to meditate If you decide to be a Muslim, it's going to look one way. If you decide to be a Christian, it's going to look another. If you decide to be Jewish, it's going to look another. If you decide to be Buddhist, it's going to look another, right? If you decide to live as a lawyer and work with law, it's going to look one way. If you decide to work with wood as a carpenter, it's going to look another way. If you decide to work with people as a therapist, it'll look another way. You know, Your candle is your ego and it's going to look different from everybody else and it's going to change based on that, based on the changing of the story based on the accumulation that you tell yourself about who you are, on the building of your ego. And there are some pretty fancy candles out there, right? There are some really, really, really fancy candles out there. And there are some pretty ordinary looking candles out there too. And what we find is, most of the time, in fact, I would say that this is a part of the process of stripping away or ego death. What we find is that those humans that are on Maybe a more spiritual path, of letting go of the ego, we find that their candles maybe look a little more ordinary. You know, because they're not adorning, they're not their egos, they're not building up so much about their about who they are. It's not so much about creating this ego, this, this strong, big, fancy candle. I'm not saying their candles are are misshapen. They're beautiful. In fact, they're very, very attractive. Because the candle still exists. You see, there's not the denial of the human incarnation. It's simply, it's not the attachment of it. It's not the building up of it. It's not the accumulation of it. Those that are on the material path, those that are on the egoic path, yes, they they will create all kinds of stories and glamor and bling and things around their ego. So the candles will change. And they'll look very different. All of them will look different, okay? But there's another reason why the candles change. There's another reason why the candles change. And that's because the flame is burning. Because the candle simulates your lifetime. You see, a votive candle may be wide and short. And a tapered candle may be tall and skinny. But how long the candle burns is simply a matter of what the flame chose to incarnate upon. You know, there's a there's a belief in Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism, that said... It says in other places as well, there's Hindu and and Buddhism, there are sects that believe this as well. Even there's mystic Gnostic Christianity that would say the same thing, that your soul chose its journey before coming to earth to incarnate here. And I know that that might sound crazy to my Christian audience, like, well, that's not possible because, you know, we believe in the church that you have one lifetime. But, well, that's the church. That's what the church tells you. (laughs) But Christians before the church... You know, for the first 300 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, there was no church. And there were many, many Christians. And many of those Christians believed, as the Hindus, Buddhists, and, and Jews believed, that there is a reincarnation process. You know, it wasn't until the church became a political powerhouse that the reincarnation was kind of banned by that theology. And in that theology, that mysticism, that Gnosticism, there was the belief that the soul chose. soul chose to come what it was going to, to experience here. So it kind of chose ahead of time, number one, how big the candle is, right? How long it's gonna burn for, but also in many ways, what it's gonna look like. Exactly what it's gonna look like ahead of time. The whole adornment. You know, the whole adornment was was chosen ahead of time. Or you can say that, you know, throughout your course of your life you're you're changing it and so on, you know, the whole the whole idea of of Kant and free will and everything there. But that's a whole nother thing, right? But either way, either way, whether the candle was set up ahead of time or whether it was added to throughout the course of your lifetime, that flame is burning it down. And this is where suffering comes in. This is where suffering comes in because people, humans get attached to the candle. Because we come into this world and we look at our candles. We look at our candles and say, that's who we are. This is me. I'm all this stuff. I'm this candle. I'm this temporary form. This form that's only here to provide a means for which my soul can experience other souls for which my flame can experience other flames. That's why I have this candle. I have this candle so that I can burn. And you have your candle so that you can burn. And you burning over there and me burning over here is exactly why our flames came to this planet, came to this realm. But we're so focused on the candles. (laughs) We're so focused on the candles that we forget about the flames and we're looking at each other's candles and we're comparing each other's candles. And Ooh, look at that one. and Ooh, look at that one. Look at his, look at hers. Look what he has. Look what she has. Ooh, that's a sexy candle, right? Look at that candle. That one's sexy, right? Ooh, look at that candle. I want that candle. Look what he has. He has a house in Malibu or Ferrari or a bank account in, in in the Caymans. That's what I want, right? The candle, but the candles burning. The candle's disappearing. Even as we speak, the candle's disappearing. It doesn't really exist at all. It's just there. It's a pretty little adornment for the flame. For the flame to come here. Experience other flames. But here's the other thing. This is why we have the east side and the west side of the mountain. This is why we have heads and tails. Because yes, the soul has come here to be the flame. But it's also come here to see the candles. To be the candle and see the candle and experience the candles. You see, that's the other thing. It's not just that we just want to be the flame, because if we're just the flame, that, oh, how boring. Oh, how boring is that! If I just wanted to be flame, then I would have never come down into the candle. <laughs> I would have just stayed with the fire. You know? So of course we want to experience these candles. We don't just want to see the flame. I see you. I see you. I see myself in you. I see the flame in you. But if I just see the flame in you, then if I just see me, then how boring. You know, that's the oneness. Yes, I see divinity in you, but I'm divinity. I see divinity in me. I see divinity in you. Great. We're divine. Now what? (laughs) Now what do we do? Let's go play, right? Let's go play with these candles. You see, because it's both. It's both, but we have to know that we are the flame. We have to understand that as well, because if we get so wrapped up and so stuck in being in the candles, then we suffer. And we suffer by being candles and not being flames, and we suffer by being flames and not being candles. You see, brother, and that's the analogy here. The analogy here is that yes, 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 we are the eternal fire. We are the sticky goo. That we don't have to worry, we don't have to doubt, we don't have to fear. Like these, this is a part of our, our karma. This is a part of the lessons that we learned. You know, we come down here, the Buddha talked about the five hindrances. You know, why did we come to this very gross <laughs> incarnation? Why did we come to the third dimension? Why not incarnate in the astral dimension as an emotional being, or in the mental dimension, as a thought? You know, why didn't we just incarnate as a thought? Why do we come here with these bodies? And the Buddha said for five reasons. He said, because there are five hindrances. And five very specific reasons we've come here. And so that's sort of our lessons, right? We go through these lessons, we come down here, but let's have fun. Let's remember, let's enjoy, let's remember because that's how we detach. We have to detach. As long as we are stuck in the candle, as long as we are stuck in the candle, we are stuck in our suffering and we're stuck in our karma and we're stuck in those hindrances that the Buddha talked about. We're stuck in our desire and we're stuck in our resentment and anger. We're stuck in our laziness and we're stuck in our anxiety and we're stuck in our doubt. And those are the five hindrances. And we're stuck in that because we're stuck in the candle. Or we can detach. We can detach and we can remember. We can remember that, oh yeah, I'm also a soul. Just as you are, I'm a flame. And then we can go about the business of watching and recognizing each other for who we are. And we can start to look at each other's candles for what they are. And we can start to see it all unfold. And we can take that information back. See, because when the candle burns away, and this is another like small piece of this analogy, which I'm not really going to go into to do much depth about. Because people fear death, right? People fear the end of their candle. Their candle burning to the end that the wick disappearing. But see, that's the thing. Is that in this analogy, what happens is, is when the flame comes to the end of the candle, it doesn't disappear. It doesn't go out. It simply goes into, into the fire because we're never really out of the fire. You know, without the candle, without the wick, without that thing, That incarnates the flame. The flame just goes back into the oneness. It just goes back into being in the fire until it incarnates back into another wick, into another candle. You see, so there's really no fear, there's nothing to worry about. That's the stuck energy. You see, I'm this candle, and I have to do all these things about being this candle. I have to, I have to, I have to. I have to, I have to be this candle, I have to fulfill my role as this candle. We get stuck into playing the role. That's a lot of what this work is. It's a lot of what all of this work is. It doesn't matter why you may or may not be listening to this podcast. It doesn't matter why you may or may not enroll in the academy. The truth is, brother, you're suffering. You're seeking peace. And you seek peace through detachment. Through detaching from, believing that you are your candle, remembering that you are the flame, and then enjoying your life as the flame sitting atop the candle (laughs) because you're both. And the reason we've come here is to experience both while at the same time working through the karma of letting go of these sort of rough edges that we call desire, anger, anxiety, laziness, and and doubt. These are words. These are words that we experience because we feel, we feel the polarity, right? We feel the "uh earnest, the "uh earnest of being here and not here. Of being form and not form, Of being candle and being fire. You know, candle and flame. We feel that polarity. And that's what causes the, the, the agitation. That's what causes the suffering. And that, so we have to detach. The detachment is where, is where the enlightenment is. It's not a detachment and a removal. That's what I'm saying. You're not just becoming the fire. You're still living as a candle. You're still your flame. Your flame sits in your heart. Your flame sits in your, in your heart while, while your candle goes about its burning. You go about your daily work. You get up out of your bed and you go about your morning morning routines and rituals. You, you go and you do your service and your candle just sits in your heart as this little, little flame of, of joy and peace because you know that your divine, your divinity or the divine fire is eternal and infinite, the prana, the, the chief force, the breath that is eternal, it exists that's the fire, right? What does fire need? Fire needs wick. It needs fuel to burn, right? That's the candle. What else does it need? It needs oxygen, right? It needs breath. You need to breathe. To breathe, breathe in and feel feel your divinity, feel your power, feel the truth, the core of who you are. And let that fire sit in your heart. As you go about your humanness, as you go about your human candleness, but don't be attached to the candleness. That's the thing. Watch it, observe it, love it, play with it, enjoy it. You know, pay your bills, pay your taxes, make love to your girlfriend or wife or whoever. You know, enjoy the ups and the downs of being a candle. But hold in your heart the truth. Remember, you are flame, your soul, and and by being soul by being flame you are in the oneness of fire you are safe you are whole you are complete no flame has ever to fear another fire no flame has ever to fear another flame no flame has ever to fear the totality of fire because that's what it is yes it is everything brothers we are everything we are all of it we suffer when we're attached to the form the form is an incarnation of our changing and remembering nature. We have to forget in order to remember. And we see that and we watch that. And we have to stay in our own remembering as we watch the forgetfulness. Because when we forget, it just leads into more forgetting. Hold the flame in your heart is you observe all the beautiful candles. And that's what I have for you today, brothers. Until next week, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.